Hey guys, this is Evan Harris, and you may already know me from the Bearded Ones podcast, I hope you do, but welcome to the premiere episode of The Lucky 10,000. Now, the reason you're hearing me right now is because I do feel like a little background is required. I co-host and created a podcast called The Bearded Ones Podcast on the Bearded Ones Pod, the Bearded Pods Network, and we were, I was talking to my good friend Carissa Sutherland who uh, I've been friends with for about 20 years, and my co-host, Jason, uh, couldn't be there for our podcast one night of The Bearded Ones, so I gave Carissa a Skype call down in Texas, where she's from, and we started uh, talking, the idea being that it would be a fill-in episode uh, for Jason. Well, we talked for a good two hours, and I split that episode into two, and then we started talking after it was over and decided that we thought, we could make a good podcast on our own. So this is what you're hearing now, the premiere episode of The Lucky 10,000. So this actually isn't in the normal format that the podcast later became. These first two episodes are really parts one and part two of an episode that was intended to be on the Bearded Ones podcast, but we decided that they would work best uh, as the beginning episodes for The Lucky 10,000. So that's what you're going to hear. Uh, by the time we get to episode three, we have our format established. So I hope you enjoy. Are there nerds here tonight? Nerds! You are a part of The Lucky 10,000 with your hosts, Evan. They all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. And Carissa. Not hot in spite of being a geek, but because of it. Being a nerd, it's not about what you love, it's about how you love it. Hey everybody, this is Evan Harris, Carissa Sutherland. How are you doing, Carissa? I'm great. I'm internet famous, apparently. You are. You're internet infamous. Oh, that's better, I think. Infamous? 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 <laughs> We're also both fans of The Three Amigos. Do you even know what a plethora is? Do you Come know on. what a plethora is? No, el guapo. <laughs> You'll be hearing a lot of inside jokes throughout the rest of this podcast because we've known Most each other for a long time. We actually got separated quotes. for a while. When you decided yeah. that uh, Greenville was too much for you, being a Seattle transplant, uh, you decided the best place to go then would be Texas. Uh, no, I decided that because Greenville had no jobs and oh. I didn't like being poor. Oh, is it better being poor in Texas? Is everything I'm not, I'm not poor in Texas. Everything's so poorer in Texas. Isn't that the isn't that the saying? Uh something like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's what I thought. So um one thing I'm very excited about in this podcast though, because uh I like to make things geek centric. Um Jason Underwood, the closet case, apparently does not, even though he really does. Uh Carissa's an out of the closet geek. Like she's been out since she was born. I mean <laughs> Basically, when, when they cut the cord, she was like, ooh, looks like a wormhole. So <laughs> she's always been very fond of the geek and the science and the stuff. So we're going to get real geek-heavy people. And I hope you can handle it. I think anyone that would normally listen to this podcast at any time would appreciate that. And one of the reasons I wanted to have her on is because she's also very opinionated. And sometimes comically so. <laughs> what? 
I mean, I am. You're absolutely right. And it's a good thing, I think, to know what you believe. Yeah, absolutely. And be able to back that up. That's cool. But sometimes I do come across way bitchier <laughs> than I mean to. But only when you're talking to people that deserve bitchiness thrown at <laughs> Case in point. I try to keep that way, but, you know, sometimes. Case in point. We're going to get started hot. We're starting hot because uh, Chris and I have had many, 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 many discussions about our once love, now hatred for, because uh, she loves movies too, uh, Mr. M. Night Shermler. swing a swing a ding And, uh, <laughs> We are both uh, – we're both at one point avid fans. In fact, if totally. I remember correctly, I took you to see The Sixth Sense after I saw it. Is that correct? <sighs> that sounds right. Or maybe it was even after it came out on DVD and you brought it home or something. I think I took you to the theater because I saw that movie and was blown away. And so I that took you. That sounds right. And then I went back again with Heather. And I basically just spent the whole movie watching you guys. <laughs> Because I was like, here it comes. Oh, by the way, spoilers for The Sixth Sense. But Bruce Willis was a dinosaur. Totally. T-Rex, little tiny arms, couldn't masturbate. It made him really angry. Yeah, really. Um, that was what The Sixth Sense was. Lack of <laughs> masturbation. <laughs> if you can't feel the masturbation, then that is your sixth sense. Right. And now I have this beautiful image of Bruce Willis naked in his bathroom. Trying to reach Failing to reach his penis. Demi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Demi. That's old school Bruce oh, Willis. Hell yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, but we both like really loved that movie. Yeah. And this is the point where most people start to argue about Shyamalan, unfortunately. But I will say I loved Unbreakable. Your I opinion on Unbreakable. I didn't actually bother to see Unbreakable. Zach, uh, my husband, he reviewed it for me. Oh, and, okay. Um, it didn't interest me to begin with, and mm. then his review completely killed any enjoyment I might have otherwise gleaned out of it. He didn't So like I didn't it. bother. No, I hated oh, it. I thought the it. premise was terrible. thought it was horribly no. written. Um, I absolutely disagree. The premise is something that's basically been used since then. What would it be like if real people were the equivalent of comic book heroes? It's awesome. And it had a decent twist that I didn't see coming. Then we get to what some would consider his bounce back movie. Because Unbreakable was something that, you know, most people seem to like. But there were some like you and Zach who really weren't fans. Yeah. Signs, which again, I saw in the theaters, loved it. Oh, yeah. It was amazing. Zach still gives me crap because we went to see it together. And at one point, one of the kind of jump out at you moments, mm -hmm. um, I didn't want to scream out loud. So I turned to scream into his arm <laughs> so that I wouldn't disturb the people around me. Right. And he continues to give me shit that I bit his shoulder so hard that nice. I left marks. Like, over the years, it's become I tore out a chunk of flesh from his <laughs> arm. Like, really, I just put my mouth on him. But I was bleeding all over the yeah. three rows in front of us. Leaving indentations in him from trying not to scream where other people could hear it. <laughs> well, and the other thing I like about it, you're very reactive to movies. <laughs> yes, I am. It's why I don't do horror movies. Yeah. But I've never seen you really talk back to the screen. Like, I remember going to see a movie with someone once where they literally did the stereotypical, Why are you going to go up there? God. Don't open the door. Is that um, you? No, not in the theater. Okay. No. And virtually never with a movie I'm seeing for the first time or a Excellent. movie that I'm super into. Yeah. But if it turns out to be just crap halfway through and I'm at home with, like, 
to oh people, yeah whatever i will totally we'll just mst3k the shit out of it oh but, i love doing that yeah that's just fun but in the theater no i'm basically silent unless well, it's laughing out loud or a complete <gasps> sort of reaction and i do have a very funny inappropriate laughing out loud story that i'll tell later in the podcast that i don't even think you know about okay. um but so we're both fans of signs now granted signs has some massive oh, plot problems yeah but the, at that point, we were still so on board. We were like, I can overlook that stuff. Because at the time, I thought Shyamalan was going to be the next Spielberg because he worked with children so well. He created suspense so well. So I was like, you know what? I can forget. And it did bother me that the aliens came down to a planet mostly made of water, even though that was the one thing that could kill them. Yeah. That and asthma medication. Yeah. That's a huge <laughs> problem. Yeah, but I mean, once you've gone with it, you're like, okay, well, this is retarded, but you obviously have a premise. So I'm right. here with you in your world. I'm living that with you. Okay. Well, this was the thing. You and I are also both very good at defending the things we love against its detractors yeah. because we're both, and we'll get into this later in more specifics, we're both prequel deniers. When yeah. the Star Wars prequels came out, we loved them. Yeah. And we could defend the shit out of them and make sense to anyone that would say they were awful. Obviously, now we know better. Because we've well, had time at to least, reflect. At least the first one. Oh, the first one's... We'll get into that. Because um, Jason and I never really talked about the Star Wars movies either. Because he's such a closet case. <laughs> God, I'm going to take him to a geek club. Maybe he can go in the back with another geek and they can talk about D&D &D in the bathroom or something. And he'll finally realize it's okay. Take him to a seedy little geek bar where they have geek shows where people come out and in costumes from movies and Dude, prance if around. if they ever open one of those up, let me know. I will go. I will be there opening night. It'll be uh, awesome. Dude, that's that's the next thing that needs to happen. Because the majority of the world yeah. apparently are geeks now. Anyway, so yeah, we were so able to forgive that. Then, The Village. Now, <laughs> I, again, was still so on board with Shyamalan that I was into The Village. And I will say... I think you can defend the plot holes in Village easier than you can defend the plot holes in Signs. Your opinion on the Village? Um, I saw it and it was not. It did not make an impression on me. Right. Like I don't really have a lasting impression of it at all, and have forgotten most of it, to be perfectly right. frank. Uh, so I don't know. But again, what impressed Probably me about that because movie. it didn't impress me as being as laughable. Like, right. Exactly. But, you know, that, you know, signs is when sort of the hole started to form for me. And then the village, I was like, okay, the twist, spoilers for the village, um, they're all <laughs> dinosaurs. Um, William Hurt is a dinosaur, Sigourney Weaver, big old dinosaur. Joaquin Phoenix learns that he's a velociraptor. Right. And he can actually masturbate, though, so that actually works Oh, out. yeah. Oh, definitely. <laughs> um, so, in fact, I now have a picture of a Velociraptor <laughs> Joaquin Phoenix helping out Bruce Willis in the bathroom of his mansion. And does Velociraptor Joaquin Phoenix have a tinfoil hat on? He should. He should. Yeah. He definitely does. Because, you know, you don't want the uh, excretion from Bruce Willis to get into your brain and control <laughs> your thoughts. <laughs> Once you get him to completion. Right. Yeah. That would be bad. Then you just start quoting Die Hard and Moonlighting all the time. Right. Um, and who wants to do that? Um, but that was when the holes started to form. And, you know, granted, I was disappointed with the big reveal that the monsters weren't real. 
But at the same time, I appreciated the fact that once Bryce Dallas Howard goes into the forest after you know that the monsters weren't real, there was still tension. And I was like, I applauded him for being able to still create tension, even when you know the main threat is not really a threat at all. And I didn't guess the twist, which I'm pretty bad about guessing twists. Then you and get there's the lady something the- to be said for being able to set up the tension of man versus man. Yeah. When it's no longer man versus environment or man versus monster or whatever that happens to be. When it really is man versus or man versus self. When that fear is coming from inside because, honestly, we have an innate capacity to scare ourselves. Yes. What a beautiful so way to put that. We can – and I'm I'm not necessarily saying this in defense of the village, though – it might certainly apply. We can, as people, convince ourselves that something is wrong. Something yes. is out to get us. Something yes. is there to be scared of. Even when there's nothing there, we can make it real. And, and to me, Shyamalan could probably still make just a whole movie about somebody wandering through the forest and make it creepy. Then we get to uh, Lady Maybe in not the water. anymore. <laughs> well, probably not because that's the question. This is, this is the question I want you to help me answer when we get done with the list of his movies and when yep. he fell off the map. Because then we get to Lady in the Water, which I'll be honest, I never saw. But of all the people I know that, seen, that saw it, and there were several, I know one person that liked it. I, the one time in my life I honestly regret not having a recording device was when our friend Harry, <laughs> who is now a writer in L.A., yeah. uh, came to the Waffle House where like seven of us were just hanging out. We didn't expect him to be there. He had just come from Lady in the Water. And he gave a 45-minute, maybe it was over an hour, uh, recap, retelling, <laughs> sporking. He mm-hmm. just completely, he explained the plot of the movie. Mm-hmm. He went oh, there was one? Scene, oh, that's, well, that's not what I heard. <laughs> in so much as there was one. He went scene by scene and described it for us. And he went on for 10 minutes about the grass monkeys. Yeah. And it was seriously Those the funniest thing. Monkeys. I had ever heard, and I was, I hurt so bad from laughter, and I want to be able to replay it for people, and I just can't. And there's no way for me to retell be, it. Do you think it would make you laugh harder to see the movie or to see no. his telling of the movie? See his telling of the movie okay. without question. All right. So this is my thing, what I gleamed from what I've heard of Lady in the Water. Um, Paul Giamatti is a brilliant actor. Bryce Dallas Howard is a good actress who's also very pretty. And they fight grass animals mm-hmm. and Shyamalan who at this point was accused of being a little bit of an egotist decided mm-hmm. to dispel all those rumors about his ego gone crazy decided to cast himself in the role of the writer who saves the world yes with no irony whatsoever not at all so yeah this is when I started to this is when I saw the iceberg coming <laughs> this is when me and Kate Winslet were on the bridge going, oh, that can't be good. Like the fin has crested the top yes. of the ocean waves. <laughs> yes. And out of nowhere. Because the Titanic was sailing along pretty fucking well. And then this lady in the water iceberg just decides to rip into its hull. Because that was when I think his gleam started to uh, get a little rusty for most people. And I don't think that movie did all that well. I think, you know, word of mouth helps. And when your word of mouth is, it's one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. It can't help. So then we get to the happening. And now this is the thing. I'm a horror movie fan. And I still believe that he had it in him. And I saw the commercials for the happening. And I went, this movie is going to be 
amazing. And, well, I mean, it honestly, from the trailers, had every indication that it would be, except that it was directed by a Right, exactly. Alan. But at this point, we didn't know. We were like, I'll give him another shot. I hadn't given up on him yet. I had. Yeah. Well, Grass Monkeys. Yeah. That might be the name of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, for the rest of my life, whenever somebody says something looks good, and then I think it's not, I'm going to go, yeah, Grass Monkeys. Grass Monkeys, yep. Um, so, I saw it. Now, you know how Vietnam vets <laughs> don't like to talk about the NAM? <laughs> not at all. Trivializing the PTSD that no, our no. vets went through. <laughs> I'm not trivializing because I'm a, I think this was literally just as bad. <laughs> Like, if I took a vet to see the happening halfway through, he would have been like, oh, they're all around us. He would have been diving into the imaginary bushes, which were actually chairs in the theater. And well, I mean, Charlie was in the trees. Oh, Charlie trees was everywhere. Taking over, I guess. I mean, yeah. maybe. Or they just get up and say, I'm, I'm, I'm re-enlisting. Yeah. The movie. It was better there. Can we start a new war in Vietnam? How are things going in Iraq? I could use a change of scenery because what that movie did was take everything that could possibly be scary and say, nah, let's not do that. And then it also took a pretty good actor and said, nah, don't, don't, don't be good. No, not at all. And then uh, I guess there was kind of a twist. I think this was when he was trying to get away from twists because people thought he was a one-trick pony. Because he was? He kind of was. <laughs> Although, again, I was still on board for signs, and I was still on board for the village to an extent. I'm admitting that. Hello, my name is Evan. Hi, Evan. And I was on board for the village. Yeah. Um, it's, again, spoilers for the happening, but please, God, people, don't even waste your time. Because you're only supporting this kind of thing. It's the wind. <laughs> the wind is out to get us. Trees have had enough. Yep. Like, I'm tired of all this logging. Because of, like, you know, global warming and yeah. stuff. Yeah. The trees were smart enough to go, I think this whole climate change thing is your fault. So we're going to kill you. Me and the other guys have been talking. <laughs> now, granted... <laughs> We've been yelling because we can't move from where we are. Hey! Hey, Steve! <laughs> yeah? I'm pretty sure humans cause climate change. Yeah, me too. We should do Let's something, right? What should we do? Spores. S'mores? No, spores. Pour? You want me to pour you something to drink? I can't move. I'm a tree. No, spores. Make them kill themselves. Oh, yeah, we got those spores. I forgot all about that. Millions of years. Forgot I had these spores that'll make the whole human race kill themselves. <laughs> Just been sitting there looking around going, what am I going to do? Oh, yeah, spores. I think I was wearing cargo pants. I forgot which pocket they were in. <laughs> because that is basically what happens in that movie. Yeah. And one of the most unintentionally funny scenes in any movie you'll see is from uh 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 the not the day the earth stood still it was from uh uh oh the gyllenhaal global warming yes movie. 
when he's the running tomorrow. When he yes, running from the demon cold. Running from the demon cold. Yes, which somehow is stopped by a door. Like it's freezing all the walls, but he shuts the door. It's like well, I, mean, ah, I can damn. tell you why, why it was stopped by the door. Okay, go for it. Okay, so they were in the library, right? Right. They had a space heater. That stopped they, no, the war. they had a fireplace, and they were burning all the books to keep warm. Yeah, but this cold had been set up through the whole movie to be like the coldest cold ever. Yes, demon cold. It was terrible. But, you know, they had a fire in an enclosed place. So the room there was not quite that cold. It couldn't have been burning by the way. Uh, At that point, I think they'd had it going for... Like, this was the cold that killed people within seconds. Yes, yes. But you get a nice little fire going. What cracked me up is that our friend uh, Paul who is much like our friend Harry. And he saw it in the theaters first. Like, he went to see it on purpose, and he came to tell us about it. And he described the demon cold scene and was totally hilarious. And so we knew what to expect. And I did not go into watching Day After Tomorrow with any kind of seriousness. Yeah. Like, I was not expecting it to be worth anything except laughing at. But... And it wasn't. It was hilarious, oh, but awful. it was very entertaining. Although there are moments, like seeing that ship in the middle of the city. Yeah. It's kind of like there were ominous. totally moments. Like, and right after that, of course, there were the wolves that oh, spoke English. Yeah. Because they had to whisper so that the wolves wouldn't hear them talking about <laughs> right. how to get off. Not only but that, they wouldn't know but what their plan the cold was. that had killed everything else on the planet. Like, wolves are prepared for bad weather. I don't know that they're prepared for apocalypse snow. <laughs> Apocalypse snow. <laughs> I don't. I don't know that that's in their DNA. No, that's true. Um, I mean, so if you were, if you have gone along with it enough to right. get where you can continue watching the movie and you are not just completely bemused by the whole premise, right. you can actually say, okay, this is stupid, but at least within internally it's consistent but you know that's that's kind of the funny thing is that within five minutes of watching a movie you know whether it takes itself seriously oh or god not. yes and yep. you can go along with whatever silliness they're going to throw at you if it doesn't take itself too seriously and this yes. is the thing about roland emmerich say what you will about his movies he does not take himself seriously i think the problem with Shyamalan is that he's so he does. Does. oh god yes and so when you have this very it's got a message and Oh, we're killing the world. And then you have the scene in the field where the group figures out that they can split up. Do you remember this? No. There's a big group of people walking through a big, like, tall grass field. Oh, yes. And they decide to split up because I guess the wind will have to pick one small group of people to go after. Yes, because wind is, you know, it has volition. Yeah. Not at all affected by the turning of the earth or gravity right. or the tides or the way that the landscape and moves. And apparently it was just out to get, like, the three people that were with Mark Wahlberg because as yes. soon as they split up, it went right after them. It's like if you were in a Scream movie and you had Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox, and David Arquette, and they split up, the killer's got to choose one of them. Of course. So that's what the wind did. and then Maybe, maybe... Maybe, Evan. Okay. You know, like there are those people for whom the campfire smoke will always go in their direction. That's true. Or the cigarette smoke will always go in their direction. They're the just those knew people. They were allergic. Maybe that's just what happened. They're those people that attract current. 
the kind of current that brings cigar you know like what? cigarette smoke and campfire smoke. You know what? You just made me a believer. The happening is the best <laughs> oh, movie God. ever in the history of mankind. <laughs> what? No. <I'm> sorry. <laughs> Have you seen that meme? Yes. <laughs> what? No. no. Um so yeah, the wind chases them. It, it chases them. Yeah. And you know, again, it still had its moments. The old lady bashing her head through the glass cuz she'd gone crazy. It was kind of creepy. But then, you know, the scene where they're talking to each other through the pipes that are, I don't know, what, 40, 50 feet apart. They're playing telephone. Yeah. Like, telephone never worked. Like, I can't hear. You You can just barely hear people on the bottom floor of your house if you try and listen to the ventilation system. <laughs> but somehow this pipe got Wi-Fi and was right. able to carry their signal beautifully crisp and clean. It's Skype. They've got Skype on Wi-Fi installed on either end. It's pipe. Pipe. P Y P E. P Y P E. You've got pipe. it. Pipe. It's okay. I got my pipe. We can talk. <laughs> oh, there's interference. What? No. <laughs> so the happening was terrible. Could have been great. Is terrible. I think Shyamalan is like the 15-year-old. Yeah kid who just kind of almost by accident writes a really inspired poem yeah and then decides he's a poet and then all of a sudden he thinks he's keats but instead he is a 15 year old kid and so he writes the same bullshit that every other 15 year old kid who thinks he's a poet writes and it's all crap Mm -hmm. and it's the same crap and it's derivative crap but because people like his first poem anyone that gives him any sort of constructive criticism well you're just wrong yep you're just wrong i think that's Shyamalan's biggest problem is he all of a sudden thought he was a genius maybe he always thought he was a genius then the sixth sense comes out and he's like oh everybody can see i'm a genius well you know I'm sure Leonardo da Vinci had some fuck-ups at one point or the other. <laughs> I'm sure that before he painted the Mona Lisa, he painted a guy with a handlebar mustache who was winking creepily. He was like, ew. Oh, let's go female. And so you get the Mona Lisa. Well, Shyamalan started with the Mona Lisa and then ended with those little stencil sets you get at the dollar store. <laughs> No, they're the little paws, um, egg painters yes. for Easter eggs. Yes, that never turn out the way the pictures look on the Correct. box. He's picking up the box for the happening going, ooh, I can't wait to get this going. And then he just kind of dunks it in this random brown goop. Yeah, but then yeah. still takes a picture and posts it on Facebook because it's brilliant. Of course. It's his artistic creativity. Yes. So the last time, and and this was the thing, after that movie, I was like, you know what? Shyamalan needs to continue to direct. He needs to stop writing his own stuff because that's what kills him. He can still create suspense. He can still, well, he can't help actors any because Mark Wahlberg was awful in that movie. But, you know, maybe he just had a bad five months of filming. So I was like, he just needs to direct a movie that he didn't write. That's when the first trailer for The Last Airbender came out. Which looked so amazing. It looked unbelievable. And at first, it only said directed by M. Night Shyamalan. Yep. So I was like, this is what he should be doing. Because, because you've already got the source material. Is, is brilliant. It's like, fantastic. Seriously. 
I hadn't seen The Last Airbender, the series, before the trailer came out. Like, I knew about it, but I'd never watched it. And it's it's a kid's show. Like, it's not even, like, a but kind of kid's show. It's almost a kid's show in quotes. Because it is, but it isn't. It, But it really is. Like, it's very straightforwardly a kid's show, but it doesn't condescend right. to children. Right. It's very good for that. It's a great show. But despite that, maybe despite that, it is still perfectly enjoyable and complex, and the well, character and development is the animation right on. is phenomenal. The characters are great. The voice acting is great. The action scenes. Yeah, they were really. I was, I was totally surprised. And it's an ongoing story. It's not it like an episodic thing where everything yep. in the next episode goes back to normal, and the Ninja Turtles are back in the sewers. Yeah, and, and everybody pizza. kind of forgets about what just happened. No, it all builds on itself. It's great. It's really very. And it has well a beginning, done. a middle, and an end. You could have made three movies out of that series easily. Yeah. Well, you only got one because and it, it was god awful. Oh, the first trailer with the kid oh, you know, god, yeah. in the in the mountain and all the fire ships and the, are coming the and they're shooting the at him. Oh, God, yeah. I went, this is it. This is where Shyamalan gets his magic back. Well, it turns out. He didn't. It turns out um, you could see the rabbit in the hat way before it was time for him to pull it out. Because that movie, even the action scenes. How do you fuck up the action scenes yeah, from The Last yeah. Airbender? With all the technology we've got today. Because, like, you even saw the – when you finally saw the kid, you go, he's perfect. Yeah. He's got the arrow and everything. <laughs> then you see, like, that big cow thing that they used to fly around on. And you go, this is it. This is going to be the best movie Shyamalan's ever made. Yep. It was so disappointing. Yep. Now, I did not see it in the theater because I, I wasn't no, going to have no. him fool me again. I was going to wait. And see what people had to say. And I died a little bit inside when I heard what they had to say. Did you yes. have any more friend recreations or opinions on The Last Airbender? No. Sadly. Were they all just crying? <laughs> <laughs> I actually think that um, we all basically did that. Like everyone I know was like, I'm not going to go until other people have gone. Right. On. And then someone else went and was like, don't, don't go. Don't yeah. go down the, on into the, the basement. Side, don't do of the it. army went way up when that right, movie came totally. out. Um, but Winston watched it on Netflix or something. He decided to get drunk and watch a movie, and he picked that one. Oh, God, why? It was... It, Even with alcohol. It was so bad. Like, that's one of those cases where, so like, alcohol bad. will make something fun more fun. It will make something bad. Like, you want to kill yourself by the time. Horrifying, yeah. Like, but he had a good time. He laughed and stuff, and I just, I was just appalled. Like, I just couldn't believe it. Uh, it was terrible. It was truly terrible. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The guy from The Daily Show was like the lead villain. <laughs> like, I love that guy. He's great. But, you know, first off, are they Indian? Fucking... Were the villains in that, in that TV show Indian? Who the hell knows? I'm not saying he shouldn't cast against type. I'm not saying he shouldn't use people no. of all creeds and colors. Sure. But, you know, try and make them not look like Indian Americans who walked onto a movie set and somebody threw a cloak over them and said, stand here. And they're just going, I'm sorry, what? What am I doing? Because that's what it was like. Yep. When you, again, you had these incredible characters and I, I don't even know what it was, but I saw a commercial the other day. He's got another movie coming out. And I can't even tell wow. you what it was. 
But you know what? Someone needs to stop him. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me five, six times, (laughs) six and a half, and I'm just a dumbass. It's like, you know, sitting through the first Michael Bay Transformers movie, I went, hmm, eh, it's all right. Never going to watch another Michael Bay Transformers movie again. And guess what? I haven't. Michael Bay didn't yeah. fool me. But Shyamalan, oh, he got me good. He gave me the biggest film wedgie of that I ever got in high school or college. And I still... You know, can't, like, yeah, go ahead. People give Michael Bay shit, and he deserves it. <laughs> the kind of shit he gets, he deserves. But Michael Bay hasn't really ever, to me, at least not recently, taken himself that seriously well no his movies I mean I could be wrong but he doesn't really seem to be Shyamalani about his approach okay. to the way he makes movies you're right He's like I'll yeah I that. make movies and things explode it's cool and and that's just like his thing and that's fine that is what it is I loved the Transformers movies like, all of I, them uh I have not seen the most recent one okay. but I saw one two and three and I liked them like they weren't the first one actually was a really good movie. Yeah. Like it was. It was a really it was a Transformers movie, so it right. wasn't like an epic film or whatever. Well, but I it guess was that's a the good thing. like I saw the first Transformers movie. movie and I thought, you know what? If I get out of here just watching a bunch of robots kicking the shit out of each other yep. and it looks good, I'll be fine. And that is one thing I will say about all the Transformers movies. Probably some of the best special effects I've ever seen. Oh god. You know what? I'm kind of taking us on a tangent with this, but there is a moment that sticks with me still from the first Transformers movie that is like a, a nothing moment in the first big chase scene on the highway when oh, yeah. Optimus Prime finally shows up mm-hmm. and is chasing them down the freeway. And he, ha- he jumps over that SUV with the kids in the back right. or whatever. And he transforms mid-jump as he's turning to come face on. Right. And he goes full semi truck right. as he's turning. The back wheels turn on the asphalt, and just for a second and a half, the camera is on the wheels as they skid and bounce the way semi truck tires would skid and right. bounce in a turn like that. And it was just a nothing, like it, it was not a big effect. It wasn't fiery or flashy, it didn't actually mean anything. But that's what the back of a semi truck would look like right. when it turned like that on the highway. Well, that's Assuming the thing. Like, when I watched that over. first that movie, I was like, me. I kind of believe those Transformers are actually yes. there. It was really, I mean, he gets shit, but it was really well done. But he didn't do the effects. Michael Bay said, no, you know what yes. would be cool? Let's have robots fight on the highway. Yeah. And then people who knew how to do great effects went, okay, let's do that. But he See, this is this is what I think. This is what I think some... Michael Bay's direction style was in the first Transformers movie. So, um, Shia, you're gonna run, okay? And there's gonna be like a big explosion behind you, right? Okay, Megan, kiss me. Okay, <laughs> now you're gonna run, okay? And the camera's gonna first focus on Shia, and then it's gonna focus on your tits. And then you're going to run past the camera and it's going to focus on your ass. And then there'll be lens flare and an explosion. Yeah, and then there's going to be an explosion. <laughs> hey, special effects guys, give me an explosion. Oh, 
and robots fighting each other. And one of those robots is going to talk kind of like a stereotypical black dude. Yeah. Because that's the way black people talk. I know. Yeah, totally. I know a black guy. (laughs) (laughs) He drives my limo for me. (laughs) I mean, I get that. I see it. And that's not unfair at all. I guess it's easier to hate pretension than it is to hate. Because I guess, like, for me, the thing about Shyamalan is that he's so pretentious. Oh, God. It's awful. Like, how many times in any of Shyamalan's movies did anyone talk above a whisper? Oh, it's... And his messages are so fucking heavy-handed. That was the other thing about Signs that, you know, I can look back on and say, you know what, there are scenes of that movie if you show me right now. I will sit down and watch. The entire section where the aliens are trying to get into the house is beautiful. Oh, God. God. (laughs) It's so well done. But then the sections where Mel Gibson goes, I'm a preacher who has lost his faith. My wife died. Yeah. You know, I need to get my faith back. And also that's like Shyamalan's vision of God. So I'm God. I've created everything. The galaxy, the universe, everything. Guess what, Mel Gibson? I created some aliens that in a couple of years are going to come to your house and try and kill you. But in order to save you from the aliens I created, I'm going to kill your wife. And she's going to say something this- stupid. Yeah. And then the aliens are going to come, probably kill some other people. But what I did to your wife, because I'm sending these aliens in a few years, is going to make you lose your faith. Well, to get your faith back, buddy, I'm going to make your brother hit the aliens with a bat. Yeah. Because all of this creation I've made is for you. (laughs) It's all for you. Mel Gibson, you're the chosen one. If I had never killed your wife or created these aliens in the first place, you never would have lost your faith. Why couldn't I just come down and said, hey, Mel Gibson, there's going to be some aliens coming around in a couple of years. I kind of fucked up on that one. Um, Your brother can hit him with a bat. And you can spray him in the face with asthma medication. (laughs) Yeah, spray him in the face with asthma medication. Oh, water kills him too. Get yourself some super soakers. and, And have a party. Bye. <laughs> That's yep. all he had to do. And then you know, Gibson would have said, why did you create the aliens then? I don't know. I was high that day. <laughs> it was like Saturday, 11.58, and I was like, I cannot wait to sleep in tomorrow. I got a little out of control. And then I made the platypus. <laughs> and then I made the platypus. 11.59 and 59 seconds on Saturday. I was like, let's make this thing. And that is how you get signs. Yep. If a platypus had saved the day in signs. That'd been awesome. Then I would say that the best movie ever made. Citizen Kane, fuck you. You didn't have a platypus. Like the first words out of Charles Foster Kane's mouth wasn't platypus before he died. And the rest of the movie, you're searching for a platypus. Signs had a platypus. So. Fuck you. Yep. So that's our 42-minute Shyamalan rant. Jesus. (laughs) Hey, man, we could talk about it forever. And there you have it, the debut episode of The Lucky 10,000. You will notice that it ended quite abruptly because this was the end of the first half of our conversation. The second half, which you shall hear next week, is going to be all about gaming. So if anybody enjoys gaming, you'll want to listen to that. And I hope you have enjoyed this episode, and I hope you got lucky tonight. Thank you for being a part of the Lucky 10,000 with your hosts, 
Evan and Carissa. Email us at lucky10,000 at gmail.com. Find Lucky 10,000 on Twitter at lucky underscore 10k. And visit our podcast network site at beardedpodsnetwork.com.